0: As the West enacts sanctions and bans the import of Russian oil following its invasion of Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Economic Development has issued a decree which effectively legalizes patent infringement from anyone affiliated with countries that are unfriendly to the Russian Federation. What does this mean for IP owners around the world? All this and more on today's episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP. Dear comrades, Stuff You Should Know About IP is invading the internet with the most imperious of intentions. That is, producing the most engaging content related to intellectual property on the World Wide Web. So if you're thoroughly amused by our musings on IP, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening, and to leave us a comment and share with a comrade. Today's episode of Stuff You Should Know About IP is brought to you by the Patent Lawyer Magazine. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the world of IP and patents, go to www.patentlawyermagazine.com. Each issue is free to read for up to eight weeks. That's www.PatentLawyerMagazine.com for global news in the world of
1: patents. Okay, so Tom.
0: Ray. Let's kick this off. Yeah, get
1: us started, Ray. Tell us what is going on.
0: Russia. So as we all know, uh, dear leader Vladimir Putin has invaded the Ukraine and, um, you know, Among all of the really terrible things happening as a result, he's also essentially legalized patent infringement. And I know there's been a little bit of uh, uh, debate about exactly what this decree has said. I've read a few like posts in forums and articles and comments and social media and stuff, but essentially it appears that that's what this decree has done. So, of course, you know. war leads to death and destruction and don't want to downplay the human cost of of what's going on whatsoever, but that's not the nature of this podcast. So because um, we should probably stay in our lane, we're going to talk about this this little little slice of the story um, and this decree. So um, first of all, just to set the stage here, Russia's status as a risk for IP theft is not new. In fact, Um, Last year, Russia was listed in a report by the USTR, which is the executive branch of the US government responsible for setting uh, American trade policy. They listed Russia as one of nine countries on a priority watch list for potential IP theft. And the other countries on the list were Argentina, Chile, China, India, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and interestingly, the Ukraine. So now there's, there's, um, there's this nice quote in that report that I, I really like because I think it points to what I believe and I know you believe and the listeners of this podcast probably believe are the human costs of IP theft. So uh, I have this quote, um, the report said that intellectual property rights incentivize our creators and innovators to invent new products and technologies. The laws, policies, and practices that protect those rights must appropriately balance the interests of creators with those seeking to use their creations and failing to adequately and effectively protect those rights in foreign markets hurts the US economy, the dynamism of American innovators, and the livelihoods of our workers.
1: So, nice. Yeah, yeah, right. Good, good overview.
0: Right. Kind of, you know, a little bit fluffy words, but it's really true, right? I mean, um, yep. In order to, in order to, um, we have to have a system that protects our rights, and without that, we lose money, we lose the lose the incentive to make better, faster, more cost-effective technologies. And, you know, unfortunately, one of the things about war is it tends to cause a breakdown in systems um, and in the overall orderliness of the world, and as some of our our millions of listeners might already know, uh, that uh, this isn't necessarily um, uh, unprecedented in times of war, um, and even 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 in times of of where there's not like a hot war, um, and I know we've talked about this a lot in the past, Tom. Where you know people uh, people tend to um, forget that intellectual property theft is. Uh, not not uh, not everyone is innocent of intellectual property theft. And I know well, you know some good stories about
1: yeah, this. Well, well, you know, the thing that's scary about this is back in the 90s, I used to get engaged by the Chinese government now and again to go there with a bunch of IP experts and help them build more robust and um, enforceable IP systems because they wanted to be known as an IP protector so that people would feel comfortable investing there. So mm-hmm. steel, ha, allowing like the free reign of intellectual property thieves is not good for the U.S. It's not good for us. It's not good for even the countries that are allowing the theft because people don't want to invest there. So when I heard that, you know, one of the things Russia was doing was take, seizing patent rights. And really what that means is not enforcing um patent rights right cuz you're right. not really see patents are right. out there already everybody already knows what they are so you're not really seizing them you're really just saying we're not going to enforce right. them yeah. now there's other ip rights too like trademarks and and just to give a little bit of broad picture here what's happening is there is an economic war going on there's a physical war going on in the ukraine But we and the rest of Europe are engaged in an economic war with Russia, and we are shutting them out of all kinds of systems that they need, and we're seizing assets. So if you think of IP as an asset, right, Hmm. seizing assets, both sides are doing it. You know, I'm sure you know, Ray, how many super yachts have we seized, right, of Russian oligarchs? How many private jets have we seized? How many resort areas have we seized, right? I mean, we're seizing stuff and then we shut, see, so here's the other thing that's crazy about this. As we become more globalized, you think that sanctions get harder, right? Because everybody trades with everybody, but they've actually become easier if you happen to be the US because us in Europe essentially control this SWIFT system right? Which is really the way that people do international transactions connected to banks. Yeah. So we shut them out of the SWIFT system. So now we're taking their yachts, taking their boats or their private planes, seizing all the assets of their rich people, their oligarchs who really control the government, right? Yeah. Dictatorships are, I mean, believe me, there's political science people that would freak out if they heard me say this, but I'm going to really simplify it dictatorships are not controlled by one person. They're controlled by a bunch of rich people. They're called oligarchs. In fact, there's a term called an oligarchy, which is essentially a government run by a whole bunch of rich people. And that's probably what's going on in Russia. So by seizing all their assets, we're making them suffer from being in this war. And maybe they go back to the government. So the oligarchs have power, but the government has the military, right? So they're trying to maybe that gets them and Russia to stop fighting. So Russia's doing the same thing, but what do they have to seize? Essentially two things, okay? They have businesses that are doing business from all around the world in Russia, like McDonald's, Microsoft, Apple, Ikea, Toyota, Shell. All of these companies have enterprises in Russia. And what Putin's saying is he's going to seize those. So now imagine you're a franchisee for McDonald's, right? Yeah. And you're paying your fees back to the parent company in the US. And all of a sudden, these companies pull out, they closed down oper- operations, so your store is closed, right? Yeah. But what Putin's saying is, open back up, because you're in business again. McDonald's is open for business in Russia because we're not enforcing trademark infringement, which means you can have a McDonald's in Russia and use their trademark with no penalties. Right. So all these businesses that are pulling out. He's saying we're going to turn them back on. And then Putin said an interesting thing, which is it's going to be really hard for you to get back in. The reason I think that's interesting is. He's kind of saying, when this is over, we're going to be doing business again, so we'll let you back in, but it's going to be really hard, you know. And this is comparable. Ray, do you remember a podcast we did a few weeks ago about Wendy's? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, what happened there? Remind us what happened with Wendy's so, in the luxury. Area?
0: So there's a um, a gentleman whose name I believe was also Raymond. Uh, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a a fish and chips. Uh, re- restaurant. I think it's just one location in um, in the Netherlands uh, called Wendy's. Right. And he, I think, had a either either a registered trademark or because it had been in use uh, for so long, it or both or both. Yeah. Um, pr- was able to prevent Wendy's, the the American burger chain, from
1: using that trademark in the Netherlands which has effectively kept Wendy's out with respect to using their trademark. But here's the rest of the story. Wendy's did have a trademark in the Benelux region. They left, they pulled out in like the 1980s. By the way, they also were in Russia and they were in the UK. They pulled out because of business reasons. And when you pull out within a certain period of time, other people could take your trademark. You've effectively abandoned it. So now imagine what... So, so, I did a little quick, like very quick research on Russian law, very like 30 seconds on Google. Essentially, if somebody opposes a trademark in Russia, it can be canceled based upon the failure of the trademark owner to use the mark in Russia for three years. So, if, if you're in okay. Russia, you're doing business, you're Wendy's, which Wendy's did, by the way. Yeah. Wendy's was doing business in Russia, then they pulled out. And you lose your trademark right. So Putin might have this mentality you're pulling out. Okay. We were allowing, we were protecting your trademarks in Russia, McDonald's, uh, Burger King, Starbucks, whoever. But you are affirmatively pulling out. Now, their law says you have to be out for three years. Yeah. But maybe that's like the concept. He's saying, hey, you're pulling out. We still want a McDonald's here. You're pulling out. So we're going to now basically take your trademark and make it available to whoever wants it, which just happens to be all these store owners that, that were doing business yesterday. And if it wasn't for McDonald's shutting them down, they could be in business again tomorrow. Maybe they'd have to buy their own beef and stuff or whatever it is that they need to run a McDonald's. Yeah. But you know, you know, we, we talked about this as well, Ray, they're seizing assets. We're seizing assets, right? There's happened to be intellectual property assets because we have a lot of IP. There are can you, how many Russian named trademarks can you name in the U.S. And by the way, we didn't prep this, so I didn't give you any advance warning. The only one
0: I can think of would be luke oil, I think is Russian.
1: Yeah, and is Smirnoff Russian? The I provider? Think Smirnoff's made in the U.S. No, but is the, but is it? Oh yeah, I, so my, I mean it's a,
0: Russian, it's a Russian. It's a Russian-sounding trademark. But right, but I'm pretty sure it's American, is, an American
1: company. We're out there in the marketplace every day, and we can't even think of oh, any right, right. trademarks to seize. But let's go back in time to 1917, right? I think it was April of 1917 when the U.S. joined the World War I, which I think was called the World War at the time. But there's a company called Bayer, which we know and love, right? Yeah. And Bayer had a trademark on Bayer because... They were like the first company to figure out how to use this drug without making your stomach upset. And they got a trademark. And it was in the US as well. Mm -hmm. And then in two or 1917, the US seized that trademark. Okay. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Familiar. So the US seized the trademark. And then we took that asset. And we sold it. So we had a forfeiture to seize the asset and Bayer's other assets, because they were a German company. We sold it to a company called Sterling Products, okay? Ultimately called Mm -hmm. Sterling Winthorpe. So we sold it for $5.3 million. And at the time that was a lot of money, right? Yeah. So we sold it. We took their asset, their trademark, and we sold it and we collected $5.3 million. The rest of that story is over time, Bayer bought up a bunch of other companies and ultimately, in 1994, they bought Sterling Winthorpe's over-the-counter <laughs> business, and they got their trademark back in 1994. Right. I mean, think about that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is this like is 50 what happened, years, what the, right? Yeah. What's that? Fifty years later. Yeah. Whole, well, actually, yeah. that's well, seventy well, years, years later, right? Because well, it was 1917, so. I think we see. Oh, that. 1917. Oh, yeah, sorry, right, right, okay, seventeen. Right. First 17, World War. Right. Okay. World War, right. Okay. right. So here's, so the thing that is, I mean, ultimately, this, this war, hopefully, it's going to end soon, you know, I mean, hopefully, something good is going to ultimately happen that this thing ends, and the world comes back to normal again, right. And when the world comes back to normal, will the McDonald's and all those companies, maybe eventually will be back in Russia. And as Putin said, it's gonna be hard to get back. But I get the feeling that they're kind of seizing these assets, sort of, these trademarks. They're yeah. letting people use the assets. But are they ultimately going to hold on to them permanently? You know, you basically, if, if Putin decides, if their government decides that they're out of the world system, they're not going to be part of the system anymore, well, then they're not going to enforce trademarks, but they're, it's going to be a totally different world then. But if the world renormalizes again, ultimately, these trademarks and patents eventually will be enforced again, you'd think, right? Right. Well,
0: I mean, it, it might be kind of hard depending on how long these companies stay out,
1: because after a few years, after um, three years, apparently it's legal yeah, to right. take the trademark away.
0: And, and then if it lasts, well, maybe if the even if the war doesn't last that long, but if it takes, say, three years, the war, and then McDonald's isn't in Russia for 10 more for whatever reason, and then they decide to come back, you're going to have like a half a generation of Russian consumers who are used to having like, I don't know, goulash at McDonald's. McDonald's. That's not McDonald's anymore.
1: Yeah, and then the question was McDonald's under. but But what if it is still McDonald's? And here's what I mean. What if these operators just open back up tomorrow as McDonald's? And they already know how to make the stuff, right? And I mean, right. Yeah. They're they, making don't change, it they don't
0: change anything.
1: Yeah, so that will be awkward because right. now it's not like there's no McDonald's. There's been McDonald's the whole time. So even though the owners pulled out, I guess the question is, does the trademark, do they, do they lose, yeah, I mean, do they lose rights to the trademark? I mean, arguably they're saying, look, we're not collecting fees, but we still own it. It's going to be a complicated IP situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. And by the way, another thing that I found that's interesting about these asset forfeitures is we don't actually get the assets to keep, right? We're seizing them, these yachts and planes and, and bank accounts in other countries, but we don't get the money. We have to actually go through a civil forfeiture proceeding. And the prosecution must demonstrate that these that the asset was involved in a crime, okay? So these planes and and, uh, yachts and all this stuff, we freeze them so they can't use them. So they have no access and bank accounts in particular, they don't have any access to their cash. But at the end of it all, there's gonna have to be a court proceeding. And that's probably the big difference between us and them is that we are freezing assets. We're not we're not keeping the assets. They are arguably saying that they're taking them and they're going to start using them. In fact, one of the problems we have with the seizing of assets is we have to maintain them. Like I was reading one article about how expensive it is. We're seizing like like resort areas and and these big jet. These are like two hundred and fifty million dollar yachts. I think one in in like the off of Italy or something, it was like $550 million yachts. These cost a lot of money to maintain. Yeah. So I don't think they're doing the same thing in Russia. I mean, we're talking about assets, we're talking about, oh, they have planes. They have, oh, they seized $2 billion worth of foreign leasing companies' planes, Boeing and Airbus. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so apparently, years ago, apparently Russia made their own planes. But it just wasn't effect or cost effective anymore. So all their airlines have been buying from Boeing and Airbus, like everybody else in the world, right? Yeah. So there's these companies that buy the planes from Boeing and Airbus, then lease them to the airlines in Russia. And apparently, they have 500 planes. These jets. These are jets, right? These are not yeah. like little pop planes. These are commercial jets airlines. that we we would go on, right? Yeah, commercial. So. They, so they have 500 planes that are leased to R- russian airlines 480 of which are in russia uh-huh. they can't seize them they can't get them back and russia is not apparently by the end of the month they're going to have they're going to be like defaulting on all these planes but it's like the old iron curtain right this is like the soviet iron curtain if it's in russia you can't seize them in yeah. fact seizing these pl- these things has become such a thing That by the Biden administration has created this thing they call the, or no, I think it's a Republican bill. It's a vigilante bill. And it's enabling private citizens to go out and seize Russian assets wherever they are. And like you you're protected from like penalties, but if you get caught, you could be imprisoned, right? Yeah. So it's like these are seriously brave, super superhero type people that yeah, are going yeah. out and seizing planes, like Dog the and, Bounty Hunter, but you know, on yeah. Except, <laughs> except instead of getting a guy in huff, handcuffs, they're flying a jet out, right? Right. Yeah. Or they're they're driving a two hundred and fifty million dollar yacht out, you know. But yeah. yeah. So this is a really this is a, a this is a war. I mean. It's not a shooting war for us, we're not dying there, but we are in an economic war. And apparently the the, the pace at which we brought this economic war to bear is unprecedented. Like we did this in Iran, but Iran isn't, I think Russia is the 11th largest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're a superpower with nukes, right? Yeah. It's a very different situation. So, yeah. but trademarks, are going to be a really interesting thing when this if pray we pray this thing ends right and if it ends hope you know maybe we're back in business with russians again and maybe mcdonald's is back in russia i mean we got to believe that the world's going to come back to normal right right and if it does it's going to be a very awkward situation with these trademarks depending upon how long it goes
0: right well i hope that you are dear listeners have enjoyed listening to us uh, muse about this, the IP implications of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It certainly is interesting uh, from a, a legal perspective and we'll just have to see what happens. Let's hope for this reason and many more that this comes to a swift conclusion. So if you enjoyed this, please, Leave your comments below, Um, hit the share button, like wherever you are and don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.